0: welcome to the Sold Out Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Michelle Schaefer. I am a two-time author who's built a seven-figure income in network marketing. I went from teen mom to millionaire. My passion is helping you to move your life forward with strategies for personal and spiritual development and teaching you how to design a life of freedom. I'll give you all the goods from the heart, raw and real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode and my guest. I have to say when I started the podcast almost two years ago, my intention, one of, my, one of the very first people I wanted to talk to was this woman I'm having on the podcast today. And so I'm like, my heart is fluttering a little bit because I'm so excited about it. And um, I had a completely different intention on what we were going to talk about. And um, I really felt like God wanted to kind of go into a different subject today so Who knows? You're listening to something. We don't even know where it's going to go. So I'm excited for you as the the listener to kind of be a part and hear this. But um, my guest today, so I'm going to back up a little bit, probably about six years ago when I really got kind of into fitness just for my own, let's just say therapy, like literal mental therapy, rather than hiring a therapist, I went to the gym and something would happen to me. And you've heard me talk about this on my podcast many times. I would go to the gym. Now, mind you, I didn't know what I was doing, but I, so I'd get on an elliptical machine. I had earplugs in my ears and I'd play worship music and something would happen. Mm -hmm. Something powerful would happen to me. I would just weep and God would just download these things into me. And so going to the gym became like this. It was better than any church or retreat or Bible study I'd ever gone to. I know everybody probably thought I was psychotic. Like this woman, this poor woman is having a breakdown every day, but it was so amazing to me. So that kind of led me on this journey, um, of, of just Googling things and trying to see if there was, if did anybody know that this exists? Well, so I found something that found something that led me to a ministry called Revelation Wellness. And the founder of Revelation Wellness is my guest today, Elisa Keaton. Hi. Hi,
1: Michelle. That's amazing. I love hearing that story of how you were like the cuckoo person in the gym long oh, before gosh. long before we found each other to be cuckoo together. <laughs> well,
0: so I'm I'm Google, I find Revelation Wellness on the internet. I'm looking at it and I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. they know, they know this secret thing that I know yeah. about that I thought, how come nobody's talking about it? And I remember asking you specifically at retreat, I was like, okay, is there any science behind it? Because there's something's happening Amen. when you are moving your body and you are hearing the word of God and you are being, or you are either having those words spoken over you, or you are speaking them. Something Amen. happens Amen. and it's unlike anything else.
1: Yeah, and did you know? I couldn't tell you then because that was what? How many years ago was that? Two years? Well, that's ago? when you broke your foot. Oh gosh, the breaking of the foot. That's <laughs> kind of no, um, there was still. We just knew something was happening for sure. Um, but now all, all, a lot of data is coming in as we're seeing neuroscience start to talk more about what's happening in our brain. And you can't talk about the brain without talking about the body connection because the brain directs the body and what it will do, where it will go. Um, and so now, yeah, there's a whole new thing with neuropathways. Can I geek out for a minute? Please do. Um, so there's neuro, you know, we've heard of neuroplasticity, which means I can learn new things. Like it's good to challenge the brain to learn new things, to, to test it and try it with puzzles and things like that. And that's good. Um, but then there's neurogenesis, um, which is creating new neurons, like actually creating new neurons. And neurons are like the, the, the bridge, like they fire off patterns in our brain. So neuropathways are what make us do what we do it's why we think the way we think if something happens or you smell a smell or someone says something there's a response in the automatic nervous system the brain fires up the limbic brain all these things like instantaneously happen but neurons just fire up they just our neural pathways just do what they always do and the one of the most they're finding now to create new neural pathways which is what you can do at any time not just learn something new but do something new have a new res- perspective or reality, is you gotta create new neural pathways. Um, the best way to do that is to um, occupy your mind with a thought, then use your mouth to say something or repeat something, or even if you're you know declaring something, so use your mouth and move the body. So if the body is moving, especially if the body is crossing the midline, so like right now I'm crossing my arms, Whenever our body crosses the midline, it kind of, the body's really having to learn it. It's a little disequilibrium. And so if you put all three of those things together, they're saying that's like one of the, like it's a, a, a stew of ways to, to make yourself have new neurons. So for example, if you're going to learn a new language, yes, you learn it and then you speak it, but they're actually saying it actually would be better if you went for a walk and listened to the language and talked to the language. And then maybe did a little tricky, like, you know, like had to balance your body a bit as you're saying it. Like you hear it's it's kind of like this circus act, which was really what it feels like when we're doing fitness, like we have all these things going, but something's <laughs> happening in me. It's because you're hearing the word of God, which is true, which renews our mind. And then you're being asked to move your body. And we often, like in a revelation fitness class, will say, you know, have a declaration, say something, what is true, what's true, what's your prayer, whatever. And so then they use their mouths. And we all know that. Words words make matter. Word, what we say does create the reality in which we experience. So so there is proof. There is stuff going on that we're actually renewing not just our mind but our entire being when we move our body and hear truth. I freaking knew it. I know. It's all coming. <laughs> it's still coming in. We're still gonna hear more and more and more
0: about the how the body heals itself. It's cool. I'm I'm I love it. I love it. I love hearing this. Um, Would you share just briefly, because all I did was say is you're the founder of Revelation Wellness. Will you just give like the Cliff Notes version of your story for people that that don't know you?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yes. I'm the founder of Revelation Wellness. We're a nonprofit ministry that uses fitness as a tool. Fitness, wellness, all things. You know, wellness is a a hot buzz term. Um, We use it as a tool, a vehicle to spread the gospel to spread hope of Christ, the hope, the good news that people are loved and wanted and belong as they are, that they don't have to wait to be perfect to start moving into a new place. Um, and so, yeah, the ministry itself was born in 2011, but I've been in in doing um, fitness since I was goodness gracious 14 years old, 1985. So there's my age, um, 1985. I took my first aerobics class back in the day. And I knew the first time I took it, I loved that. Like kind of that thing of what just happened. We just, I was kind of a miserable 14 year old, like many are, Um, but I didn't know what was going on around me or in me. But when I took that fitness class, I loved it and I kept going back. And this was long before there were even gyms. This was like, yep. Literally, the lady in my class put a record on. That's what we danced around <laughs> to a record, people. Um, and I loved it. And so, fitness became my jam for many years. I graduated from Arizona State University with an education degree, but I went right into fitness. I loved it, personal training. I loved helping people. I love, and I know that is you, Michelle, like you love watching people um, blossom, grow. Like, we're never stuck. There's always places, always opportunities and possibilities. Um, so that creative part of me rose up. But around, I don't know, gosh, I think it was around maybe 15 years ago, 17 years ago, I just knew uh, my clients that I was helping because I could help people, but they, they wanted more. And that was when my faith was entering to my life in a real gravi- um, gravitational way. And I was getting my heart wrecked and kind of undone by the, by the love of God. And then my passion for fitness were colliding and God just really gave me lenses to see that people want to lose weight. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's always a deeper heart issue going on. And unless we can address that, that we're not really going to see lasting transformation or the kind that is leading people into greater freedom. So Revelation, well, I didn't know it was Revelation Wellness. I just knew I was going to start bringing this weird thing called the gospel into my fitness more. And um, I started writing, I started creating curriculum, and then training up teachers to send them out and instructors with this same message of hope
0: um, and wholeness is really what I do. So, okay, you, you were teaching fitness in a studio, Mm -hmm. And then, so what came first, you started writing first, or you were training other fitness instructors? I started writing first. I first, which is
1: hilarious because I'm not a writer. I am now a writer. I've now accepted this, but this is what God has called me to. Um, I love, he always, he uses our weaknesses. Like that is the, I cheated through high school English. (laughs) My first manuscript of the Wellness Revelation, which is now a published book back then, was literally, I, I think the first page was at least five paragraphs of a run-on sentence. Like, I didn't know when to use a comma, a period, a semicolon, a colon. I didn't know anything. I really wish I had paid attention in English in high school. <laughs> um, so I, but God told me to start writing. I remember I came home from a conference. It was an Idea Conference, which is a big fitness yearly conference that I always went to. And um, God, it was the first conference ever that I went to as a fitness professional where before each day I prayed, okay, God, whatever it is about fitness that you see here and you want me to know, you just let me know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like you're telling me it has something to do with you. Give me the eyes to see, give me the ears to hear, whatever. And I, that prayer shifted me. I literally, in that conference, I started hearing things differently, seeing things different. Like I just, I, I started seeing my future differently. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So that night was the night when I was um, in San Diego for a conference that I heard God say, "You're going to write." And that was when He gave me five words: "Way less to feed more," <coughs> which was the initial manuscript name for the Wellness Revelation. Which it's all about, really, the fact that the whole point of all that I, I'm not interested in just helping people, you know. Lose weight for Jesus or lose ten pounds. It really is about losing what weighs them down so they can love God and feed his sheep because there is a doing to our faith, but it requires a lot of us it's it's focused, and like an athlete, Paul says, you know we we run focused, and so um I really wanted to say, okay, fine, I'll do it. I will train up other people. I'll do this thing, but God only if it could only if it punches poverty in the teeth like it has to has to matter. It has to show the glory of God beyond just people losing a few pounds and feeling good in their genes. It has to get people on mission. Um, so yeah, he told me to write, start writing. And that's what I did.
0: That's awesome. So here we, here we stand years later. You're you've published two books now. Two books. One is self-published air to the crown is self-published. I
1: just talked today to my publisher again, and we're already pitching the next book. So we'll see what happens.
0: That's exciting. I, I can relate to a tiny bit. Um, you probably don't know this of, about me, but, and well, you know, we all have these seasons, right? I've been in this, this real crap season for like yeah. probably, probably almost two straight years where it's just, it's, I mean, like the only word I can think of is like undone. I feel like God's trying to undo a whole bunch of stuff about me so that he can put it back together in a whole different way. Amen. And yeah. so in in October, I was wildly depressed. Like I just was like, I don't have any idea who I am, what I'm supposed to do or what direction I'm supposed to go. And I'm been a big journaler. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I need to just get the, all this junk. I don't have anyone to talk to and I just need to get it out. And 12 days later, I, a book was born. So I wrote two books at the end of 2018. (laughs) So they're both being published right now. Amen.
1: Um, That's awesome. Make sure I get
0: a copy. I'm excited. I'm I'm scared. Um, the first book is, you know, this, I've done over a hundred podcasts now and I say, I talk about things in this book that I've never shared with any of them. Some of them, my husband and my own mom didn't even know. So it's wildly, nakedly, vulnerably yeah. revealing and I'm scared.
1: Yeah. That's appropriate. Then you're doing it right. You know, you're doing it right.
0: So we'll see what, whatever, you know, who knows one person buy it. Maybe it's just my family. I don't know what, what God's got. You know. buying. <laughs> I'll give you, one. I'll send it to you. Um, so I can relate to a lot of that stuff and kind of that. And, and really when I, when I was thinking about when you agreed to do the podcast with me, that was kind of where I wanted to go. So I'd like to maybe start there. Um, because I think a lot of people feel this thing that you felt inside of you, this thing, maybe it was a dream or a seed or something. And so, um, I wrote down a couple of words. I think the first part of Following the dream or a dream is just actually hearing it. Mm. Because I think people have such a hard time trusting, is that me, God, or is that you? Is that me? Is that you? So what do you what do you have to say about that? Because obviously, I mean it seems normal to you and me, but to somebody else and maybe even back then, taking, you know, church and and workout, it doesn't those two things don't go together. So how do you how do you take this thing that you're hearing or feeling and and believe that it's of god.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um huh. well, I think this goes back to like for me I was so connected to god in my broken like in my oh you're the you're the way the truth you're you're what i'm searching for it isn't my perfect marriage or my husband. So i think being connected to the thing that drew, draws you towards your those core values of your faith um, is really important. So, not forgetting your story of where you came from, because in your story, the misery there's that ministry is being birthed. There's always a ministry out of our misery, and so I stayed connected to that misery in a sense, but I also somewhat disconnected a bit because then I got busy. Like, oh, okay, God, I think you're calling me to this. Um, But I also would say to someone, if it doesn't scare you, then it's probably not God. It's probably you. And if you can manage it, it's probably not the bigger vision. (laughs) And so everything about it was uncomfortable. What would people think of me? Mm -hmm. What would my own husband think of me? Because at that time, my husband was not a believer. He was kind of watching what's going on here. Things are really changing for you. Um, So it was remembering my story like where I was coming from and the pain that I had I was kind of carrying around um wanting my pain to have a purpose and then opening my yeah it really was honestly it was just saying a prayer and I think that's one of the boldest prayers anyone can pray is like okay God you tell me what it is and then if what comes through scares the poop out of you that's your vision diarrhea that's it. diarrhea totally that's that's the thing and capture it write it down. I'm I'm glad you mentioned about journaling. I I was late to journaling. Um now I I can't go a day without leaking. So I I'm, I'm actually I'm like, man, I would be a really good Instagram poster if I could just write my journal cuz my journal is like yeah. more prolific thoughts than when I have to go write a post or something. But um yeah, I think that for me was uh, the the dream was so big that it scared me. What would people think? And then he, honestly, I feel like the other thing too, for all of you that are dreaming or kind of visioning, he won't let you stop thinking about it. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it kind of haunts you and, yes. like, oh, and every day feels like another day that you could have done a little something with it
0: or. It's like you know. that thing in your stomach. Yeah. It's yeah. Like yes. that thing. It's like a, it's almost like a nervous, but it's not nervous, but it's this weird anticipation thing inside of you. Like, It's like it's poking. You ever had somebody, like one of your kids, when they were literally poking you on the shoulder, and they don't stop, and there's pokey-pokey, and at first, you're talking to somebody, so you don't really notice it. All of a sudden, you're you're like, stop poking me. Totally.
1: (laughs) I always equate it to, do you remember the movie Ghost with um, Patrick Swayze, when he's trying to get uh, Whoopi Whoopi Goldberg to be his whatever, to talk to him for it, you know, to talk to He's singing that song. I am, I am, (laughs) being Henry all like all through the night, that... (laughs) That was how it felt to me. He would talk at night and during the day, or I would go train a client and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it. So It's almost annoying. It is annoying.
0: It's almost like a pestering thing. Like, fine, I'll do it if you'll just stop. Yep, I'll do it. Yeah, it really did really. I was not
1: like a, oh, this will be great. Okay, no, (laughs) I was really kind of like, fine, fine. But only if, and that was my, I'll do it. But only if. This goes beyond weight loss for Jesus. It has to punch poverty in the face, injustice, um, anything that would break your heart.
0: Let's go do that. So good, and and you you've blessed so many people. Um, You are you are just a prophet. I mean, those of you if you go to Revelation Wellness, find her on Instagram. uh, Both her and uh, her her you know the ministries pages. She does Facebook Live. She does all kinds of great stuff. Um, But you, I don't know if you can tell, she's this. She is first of all, like insanely fit. So I'm always, sorry, Elisa. I'm coveting your fitness all the time. But.
1: That's funny too. Cause it's true. I feel like the Lord did give me the body for my mission.
0: He did. Oh, yes. Okay. I mean, she's just this, but she's teeny. I like when teeny. I describe you, I go like this with my fingers. you're like this tiny little mighty woman. A I mean, butt it's true. You can put me in your pocket. That's what I, I said that when you were doing uh, the rev on the road here in Temecula. Like, I just want to put her in my pocket and take her with me. <laughs> I know. Remember Polly Pockets? Our kids? Yes. Family? No, they're not around, but we. I right. do remember okay. them. That's, um, yeah. So sh- she's just this, you know. But she is a. You are a mighty and profound preacher. Probably. I mean, I say this with with all like. Truth in my heart. One of the best I've ever heard, and I listen and I listen and I listen to people, and I read, and you—it's truly your gifting. Thank I mean, it, it is truly your gifting. Well, and so, can I,
1: can I say to that—that's another one where I fully—I uh, was not confident in this at all, and it was just. So I don't know if it as much as gifting or anointing. I think the Lord has anointed both. me to do. Yes, the, my gifting like comes natural. Fitness, moving bodies. Um, making, you know, getting people to let's go, like I can do that. So, but the anointing to speak the word of God and to like inspire people to, you know, take hope and have faith that feels like an anointing because I'm not, I'm not powerful enough for that.
0: (laughs) Well, well you have been used in a mighty way and you know, your your ministry blesses so, so many people and goes way beyond even what you'll know. I mean, we only know what people say to us, right? Like the, the accolades and the appreciation and the edification that people give to you, but there are, I, I would venture to guess thousands and thousands, you know, the, the ripple in the pond goes much farther mm-hmm. than you'll ever know. And you will never know until you get to heaven and get to see mm-hmm. the room of marvels. Right. Amazing. Yeah. It's true. Have you, have you read that book, the room of marvels? No. Oh, it's good. You'll love it. Okay. Um, we can talk about that after I, after we're done with this, you'll love okay. it. Um, but so, okay. There's so many places we could literally, I could talk to you for hours because there's so many places that we could go, but I felt really strongly like, like we were supposed to talk about a specific subject and I don't, I don't know why or where, um, you know, I kind of, I'm really open. I'm like you see, I think that there's something the most powerful today, our impact today that we can have on the world. And what I always like to say is our truth sets other people free. So like we hear, you know, you hear the truth will set you free, which is true. Speaking out something that you have held in because of shame or whatever. So speaking it out loud, of course, sets you free. But I believe when you just open it up to other people, your truth helps to set other people free. Because they have this vision of like, you know, you from the outside looking in, oh, you're this and you're strong and everything must be great. Then they hear how jacked up everything really is. And they're like, Oh, okay. So I'm not, there's, I'm not crazy. I'm not broken. Everybody's broken. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, 100%.
0: And, and you're very, very good at that. In, and it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. When I first started my podcast, I kept telling Bobby, I like, I'm like scared. I feel naked. He's like, you talk to people every day. I go, no, it's totally different. Yeah, really sharing these things that maybe you would just share with a friend when I come on my podcast that's I just kind of pretend like I'm talking to my BFF and just yeah. open it all up. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, you know, thinking about and praying about talking to you today and I really I just kept hearing God say to me David and Goliath. David that's and Goliath and so I was reading, I was reading about David and Goliath. I know you're you're in, you know, the we're always in a season of battle. Like yeah. I don't know why we even act like there's ever a, a season where we're not. It's always something,
1: right? 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 There's a reason why we put armor on, and it's every day. Not put the armor on when you're in a battle. Like life is, so keep your armor on.
0: <laughs> we, I only put it on on the first and the fifteenth. So hopefully, yeah, these
1: <laughs> are my war days. My days yeah. are spa days.
0: <laughs> so I was, I was just kind of reading in here and and reading about David and Goliath, and it really, you know it's an interesting thing because I think, I I think for us as people, we kind of feel like David is the underdog, right? Like, like David in the, in the Bible, the story that we're told as little kids, for those of you that grew up at all in any kind of church or had, you know, Bible stories, you heard the story of David and Goliath and David is this kid and he goes up against this giant and he, You know he beats him with a sling and and a rock. This is what you're told: a sling and a rock. So in my mind, you're thinking this little wooden sling and this little stone. But um, when you when you kind of when you kind of look into the story beyond just this childhood story, it's a really really powerful story about faith and courage. And one of the things that um, I'm really one of the things that I like to talk about a lot, Elisa, is leadership Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: I think people feel like there's only a certain group of people that were set aside to lead. And that may be true to a degree, but everybody's leading somebody, Mm -hmm. even if it's just your spouse or your four-year-old, or even if it's just your friend or we're all leading somebody. Yeah. So it's important. It's important to like, how are you, you're leading them. Are you doing it well? Yeah. So in this, in this story of David and Goliath, um, you know, it's it's an exciting thing to me to really dive into the courage, the faith, and yeah. the closeness that David had with God. Yeah. So let me ask you this: so one of the things that um, I listened to your your podcast, she has a podcast too, Revelation Wellness, and there's a bunch of different topics in there. Some are just her talking. Mm-hmm. Some are specific for workout, like they're set to music and you can do a workout with them. Those are my favorite because I listen at the gym. So I love that. And then some are for rest uh, to help you to slow down because we don't know how to do that. Um, But so one of the things that I just want to like, when it comes to closeness to God, Elisa, like David knew God so well that he didn't question. He just went out there.
1: Isn't that amazing? But, but I want to say to that, man, i so get David. David was, we got to look at his backstory. Remember, we bring our story to the leadership. Like we kind of talked about, you got to bring your story into yep. your ministry call or to your moment of greatness because it comes with you. God doesn't go, okay, we took care of that. That's back there. Nope. It all gets gathered up to us. And David's backstory is that he was the youngest of nine brothers, I think it is. Not to be thought of. He wasn't big and strappy like the other big brothers. He was somewhat small, handsome, but smaller in size. And he was the shepherd. He was the one of, he didn't go to the battle line. His goal or his job as being obedient to his father of eight other brothers was go take care of the sheep. And he did it. He did it. And being a shepherd in that day was not a prestigious job. It was nothing to be thought of as high caliber. That's why his father overlooked him when Samuel came to look for a king. Oh, well, he's my little shepherd son. You want that stinky boy out there? But he out there, and I just quickly wrote this down, that the heart of leadership is forged in the lonely place. Yes, the heart sweet. of leadership happens in a lonely, desolate place because then God knows Oh, you have no other attachments to people, places, things, power, or possessions. I've had you in a desolate place. And in that place, he was being made a warrior, a leader, um, doing, taking care of his sheep, doing his job. Be, he never, I mean, We don't hear about him complaining or being, he just did what he's called to do. And we also learn from his backstory that he learned to play an instrument out in the desert, right? Which is appropriate. What else are you going to do besides tend to the sheep, play a little bit of music? And he was knowing the word of God or speaking with God out there. It, that's all he had. He had worship, shepherding, doing his servant job, and um, communing with God, and nothing else. No friends. He wasn't popular. No money. Nothing. So in that lonely place, you know, we, we lose our attachments to everything that defines us. Now we're ready for leadership. Now we're ready. So when he got called and came to the front line, um, I love. He was he was ready, and he knew God so much. That he would say, First of all, what's going on? And okay, what are the and I love that he seeks reward. So what do we get if we right? That's that's a good thing of the heart of a servant. Like yeah. it's okay to, to seek reward from the Lord, he will reward you. Though scripture says that he rewards those who seek him, he will reward. Um, and so he asks about the reward, and then he's like, Why is this giant is defiling us, this or defying us, this giant? what are we all worried about? And he was just ready. He had, he had no filter. This was not a man who was scrolling Instagram. This was Mm -hmm. not a man who was comparing himself to anything else. He was so sure of who God was in the lonely place, in the desolate place that let's go filling himself. And I just have this picture of when he's walking through the, you know, walking. Okay. So we also learned, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to take over this entire team. Do it. Because David and Goliath, I mean, the, the Israelites, we know that he was in a valley. They actually say, yep. if you see the commentaries, that the, the, the giants, uh, which was the Goliath and his, his tribe, was on the other side of a hill. And then the Israelites on one side, in the middle, was a valley. So mm-hmm. to, they're calling out. The giant is calling out and accusing and taunting the Israelites and telling them, you know, you're all going to die. And so that's echoing through the valley. And I just have this picture that when he saw the giant, hey, we, God says that's our territory. We can have that. I mean, he puts on, well, he first puts on the armor that isn't his. So don't put on anyone else's armor. Like he yeah. tries to put on Saul's armor. Don't try to be someone else. Don't put on someone else's clothing. He's a shepherd boy. I, I've killed things with my hands, he tells the people. I know how to wrestle the bear. I know how to kill a lion. Just give me my slingshot and let's go. And he walks into that valley. And I can't help but think that as he's walking into that valley as a leader, he ha- of course he was scared. He had to have some level of scare. He's human. But he, I b- believe that is when Psalm 23, that's when he's saying. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come comfort me. He's saying these psalms that he had been writing out in the desert and just swing, beginning to swing around his stone, and he was ready. So he's filling his heart with worship, praising God, telling God who he was as he walked towards the accusing, taunting enemy. That's a leader. He was just ready
0: for his moment. Well, and he, you know, one of the things that I wrote down, because I, I was visualizing it too, and, um, you know, he, he learned as a shepherd alone, like you were talking about, out with his sheep, you know, nobody to talk to but God and the sheep. <laughs> you know, he learned to be fully reliant on God. And here today, we are so obsessed with our happiness. I am, to, I, my, Savannah said to me, my youngest said to me the other day, because I've, I've been in such a season of just being broken over and over again. I'm like intolerant to negativity. Savannah said to me the other day, mom, you have to let us complain sometimes. Like we, this is real life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what I mean? And so, you know, David's out there, he's alone in that place of maybe, I don't know, who knows, we're, I mean, we're speculating. Maybe it was solitude, maybe he loved it, who knows. But But he learned to be completely reliant. Amen. And I feel like for me, I can only, you know, God's, I've been in plenty and I've been in want and, and in, in the plenty, there is a piece of you that can become, if you don't watch it, less reliant on God. Reach. It's, it's not that you're like, it's not that you're, you don't love God, but you're just, when you're happy, you're not. You're not down on your knees, face down. That's just the way that it is. It makes me so mad that I can't learn in those seasons.
1: It's so true. Down is up, and up is down. It's
0: so true.
1: I need to stay on my face. You know, I I, I talked to. Um, do you know who Jenny Allen is of the If Gathering? Uh huh. Um, so the founder of the If Gathering. I interviewed her. I, I say I quote this so many times, but I feel it's so powerful. And she's a leader in her own right, leading yep. nations, discipling women. I mean, just. I talk about a woman who had a vision that she's like, I don't know, you know, afraid, but couldn't put it to rest and said yes to it. But I asked her as the thing is growing and success is happening and, you know, all this momentum, I asked her, what does she do to stay grounded as a leader? What, what is, you know, to really keep that first love alive? And she said, Lisa, always stay connected to suffering. Yeah. Always stay connected to suffering. If I'm not suffering, I find someone who is, I always want to be on my knees for someone or something. Because if I'm not on my knees in that way, then I'm going to be right. Then up is down. If I'm standing up, I'm going to be knocked down. If I'm I'm down on my knees, knowing connected to the suffering, God will lift me
0: up. It's, it is so backwards and it's so against what we're taught, in our Western culture, like everything is just about keep me happy, keep me comfortable, keep me in that place of never wanting for anything, but we can't, we cannot connect in that way. We cannot feel yeah. that reliance. It's like being a newborn baby. They cannot survive outside of the, yeah, you know, uh, the parent, the mother taking care of them and feeding them, and literally being connected to the mother breastfeeding. Like it's, and you know what? We want that so bad. So David, back to David, David was so, he, he was so close, so reliant on God that here he was, this kid, this teenage kid, right? And here you have all these, they're, they're battle scarred warriors that are like, what are you doing? You kid with nothing. But he's like, no, no, I, that's how confident he expected victory. He, he went out in with the intention of victory and he expected yeah. victory
1: yeah, that's so good absolutely and do we I think as leaders man that man I was just talking to uh, my my team today um a little bit about you know we're really good at at finding problems <laughs> things that aren't going well uh what could we do better and those are you know it's good to hold the tension we're not trying to be naive and look away if there's a gaping hole but um, I'm really w- wanting to charge us all, encourage us all that when there's a problem, there's a solution. There's a probability. There, there's a possibility. There's some option. that we're never like it's over. And I just think that the is, end, <laughs> right? And that's a, that's something that David he saw. I mean, he clearly saw there's a challenge here. That's I'm like, I'm sure he had some level of fear, but his faith was so secure, so much bigger. Um, that it didn't, he didn't give it a second thought. He just said, let's go, let's take it. But I do think, I do want to say, I think he was, he was motivated by the reward. He asked, what's the reward? Sure. What do you get? Okay, I will do it. And I would honestly say in my own leadership, initially for me, I think I was really going, um, you know, saying yes. Cause I believed that there would be great joy in it, but man, I didn't know the amount of suffering that would come. Like. pursue the dream, to to go after the vision, the amount of slaying of myself, of my pride, of my dependency on myself, of my selfishness, of my, you know, a lot of my own unhealth had to get purged out. And here's the spoiler alert. As we learn about David, he did have unhealth. He still had it in him because we do see he's a murderer, an adulterer. (laughs) Like there were still things in him, but for this moment, for such a time as that, moment in time, the Lord, he had the strength of being that little shepherd boy. Let's go. It's the perfect setup. And maybe, who knows, maybe his adultery and his, um, his killing often came out of the fact that, you know, could have come from the fact that he was being known now as, you know, what is it, the taunt that Saul kills, um, thousands, but David kills 10,000, like this pride of, Oh, look at me. I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. And then we see him fall. So yeah, staying connected to suffering.
0: So when I was reading today, one of the things that kind of stood out to me, I know you have this probably happened too. You're reading something that you've always read, but then it becomes 3D. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like okay, he's like, oh, pay attention to this today. So it became 3D. And it was talking about because, um, because the spirit of the Lord was on him. And mm-hmm. so I went back to when Samuel went to his dad, Jesse, and he went through all the brothers and he picked he picked David and he poured oil and he anointed. And then it said, the spirit of the Lord came on him. Mm. Now this is all in the old Testament. For those of you that are listening to this podcast and you're not a believer or whatever, we're talking about the old Testament of the Bible versus the new Testament of the Bible when, when Jesus comes. And so in the old Testament, you know, that had to happen. But since Jesus came, we all have access to the spirit yeah. of on us like all day, every day. So we yeah. don't have to have that act come happen to us. So, you know, in, in the story of David in particular, you know, he had that power because the spirit of the Lord was on him. He was close to him. He was reliant on him. He knew him, this personal relationship with, with God. But we, we get that anybody can have it. We don't have to have somebody come give it to us.
1: But don't you think potentially we take it for granted?
0: For sure. Because I think people, I, I feel like there's almost something lost in it. Like because it's so easily accessible, yeah. it's just yeah. take it like here. We, we live in the United States. We're yeah. so blessed and lucky, lucky, lucky Yeah, that you don't even know how lucky you are until you see how not lucky others are.
1: It's the truth. I mean, and I was going to say, I think we have so much resource, so much access to information, to um, solutions, you know, um, man-made solutions, laws in place, things to protect us. That we're, it, it, it almost like we tack on Jesus, we kind of tack on the Holy Spirit, and when we need you, we'll get to you, but yep. we won't also have the power of you because we barely really know you. <laughs> Where for me, it became very alive of like, oh my gosh, this the power of of having the Holy Spirit and how valuable it is. Is when I went to Africa. And I did that early on. It's like, again, I told the Lord, I'll do this, but only if we can punch poverty in the teeth while well, the Lord was like, well, I need you to go see what real poverty looks like. Mm. Because I really believe a lot of, you know, our we here in America have spiritual poverty and a lot of physical wealth. Like we're physically, we, we got, we got food, we have access to things. We can work out. We have freedom of speech. We're physically pretty well for the most part, but our spiritual poverty is there where if you go to, another country where it is not, uh, allowed or encouraged to know Jesus or worship God or hear the gospel or have a Bible. They just catch wind of this, this Jesus of <laughs> like, oh, he came to save me. Like he died for me. He loves me. Um, and they catch on like fire. they, believe their faith their spirit they pray they're so reliant upon a holy spirit to guide them because they don't have text they don't have scripture they don't have things they just hear say and do whatever god is doing and they're passionate about it Mm. and they don't have any food any housing no google no internet you know like all the things that we take for granted that we again we just tack on jesus they are First and foremost, Jesus. But funny thing is, Michelle, now we're finding a lot of these communities that even I went and visited when it was initially maybe 12 years ago, they're now getting the internet. They're now getting cell phones. They're now, you know, I'm like, wow, which is a blessing to, you know, it's all good things. Those are good tools. But when it starts to take the seat of what is the center of our heart and our focus and our purpose or passion, when it gets kind of diluted. So yeah, we Mm -hmm. have the Holy Spirit, but it's kind of diluted.
0: I get it, and you know you've heard the thing if the if the enemy can't make you busy, bad, he'll make you busy yeah and i'm a I'm a big uh, one of the things that I feel really passionate about is 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 slowing down like here we have this you know just this light don't get me wrong, I'm podcasting on my mac in my office. do you know what I mean like I utilize all these things yeah. that we have I'm you know what I mean I'm not saying that I'm this Amish chick at home like right. pedaling to make the electricity work but <laughs> You know, it is it is very easy to stay disconnected and distracted, and so it's just I, I'm so continually awed by how God takes, if you let Him. I, I try to I try to see what He what He want me to know or learn or change or get out of everything, even stupid things like when Savannah would go to a piano recital or something. I'm try, like, okay, God, I'm listening. I'm I'm just. What but, is it today? What do you yeah. want to say today about this? And yeah. so because it's been such a season of just like grinding me down to powder.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: I'm trying to turn the powder back into clay at this point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which, is, hey, which is true, which is what he does. He wastes nothing. We get shattered, broken into pieces. He adds living water back on the potter's clay. You go bottom on the potter's wheel. You go in a whole new vessel, addition, whatever is, is forged in us. Nothing, nothing is wasted.
0: I, that is such an encouraging thought. And, um, you know, it, when you, those of you that know the actual story of David, you know, we're talking about David and Goliath, super glorious moment, but you know, he didn't have such glorious moments in the future. He did bad things, but he's still, it says in the Bible more than once, he was a man after God's heart. Yeah. After God's own heart. That's so encouraging to me to know that, you know, God made me, he knows what I'm going to say. He knows what stupid things I'm going to do. But he, he knows he loves you that much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love, and, and yet and David too, though, it's the fact that his heart was, he was married to God. I mean, God was his love, like that he was his God. And no matter how far his pride or whatever pulled him away from this his place of call and position, power and influence. Um, they pulled him away, but you see how quick he is to return. And I I just love that. I think that that's the Lord isn't about, you know, the 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 perfection, like okay, you did that perfectly, but how quick do you recover? How quick do you return to me? Um because then I know personally after walking now 18 plus years with the Lord my returns are a lot faster. It used to be longer. I used to be deaf. I used to be kind of dense because of all my pain or all my expectations or my hurt or whatever. But now I've learned what to do with my hurt and my pain. And that's what you see with David when he fails and Bathsheba has the baby and they lose the baby and he laments and wails and fasts and he's on his face doing all his cleansing and he like work of, you know, repentance and forgiveness that he was ready that when it was the baby died and he washes his face and goes, okay, I'm back. Like I'll, I'll praise the Lord. And people are like, wow, how can you recover so fast? Like, what else am I going to do? Like I've, I've spilled out my heart. I'm still his. I'm back. Like I'm, I'm me and him. We're back together. We're going to do this. And I, I think that's the, the really good sign of a leader I have known. And I'll tell you, Michelle, I've, <laughs> I feel like I'm living in a wacko land. Sometimes because <laughs> I have walked with some leaders so closely that I, I don't know what happened. I'm just like, what happened? Well, I do know what happened. Pain came in life. Hurt came, like accusation, came, things came and it was unfair. It's totally unfair. I am just like that, that isn't fair. That shouldn't happen. Lord, marriage is being ruined or things happening where it just, it seemed like God should have showed up. God could have done something, but he didn't. And I've watched some leaders who rise to the occasion, they fall on their face, they lament, they weep, they mourn like Job, and they get back up, and they stay married to God. They stay in covenant with God, and I've seen some leaders that I never would have suspected just just turn away just just enough that it 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 changes the relationship with God to where they're now kind of needing God to be God on their terms like i'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I need to shift our relationship, God, to this, this degree. And I love that God's still faithful. I'm not saying God isn't still with them because he is, he can't, can't abandon him, but it just changes. And I see when we're unable to, to deal with our pain, which I, that's what I love about David. I think he knew what to do with his pain, that when we know what to do with our pain and our disappointment, that we've become We're we're upgraded every time as a leader. We're upgraded. We're immunized. We're almost a bigger, you know, giant for the next battle because we have swallowed and metabolized the pain rather than push it away, assign it to people, tell God that he, you know, hold an account against God, but instead of just letting it metabolize. So I think David is the perfect example of what to do with pain.
0: It it reminds me of the story of the prodigal son, right? And- you know, here he was just this, he went off and just did all kinds of crap. But when he came back, and I think this is the point of the story, he came back and his father just, he didn't ask him a question. He didn't say, where were you? He said, he didn't say, I'm glad you're back and now don't do it again. He just said, you're home. Let's celebrate.
1: Yeah. Isn't he a tremendous. He's such, we only see a shadow like that is the heart of God. We're only kind of seeing a shadow of it because it's even greater than that how much he he celebrates and loves our return our any time, whether it's a two minute return, mm-hmm. whether you mm-hmm. two minutes or ten years he's like you're I've always long for this moment
0: well and being a mom you know of now two adult children and an young adult um i I learned so much about the heart of God because I think about my own self like you know I've had I've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs and stuff. And when my daughter, my oldest daughter kind of turned away from me for a number of years, I, I, I get that feeling of, I get it. Like I'll take you for 10 seconds, 10 seconds. I I, I'll take you for that. If that's all you're going to give me, I don't take anything from the past, any of the hurt. It's gone. I'm just going to love you for that 10 seconds.
1: You're going to get me crying. Yes, I'm going to (laughs)
0: cry. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's really my, me as a mom has, God has shown me so much about who he is through, you know, how I love my kids.
1: So true. It's reckless. As a parent, it's reckless. You'll do anything. You would, I've told my daughter so many times. Yeah. I do understand the love of God more because of how much I love her. And still I don't love perfectly. Right. He is right. I'm still broken in my own weird, manipulative way of love and needing what I want but yes but the love that he has that I'm just I'm in awe of like that how I tell my daughter there's really nothing you could do like I would I honestly could say if I knew she could be free for the rest of her life and never suffer or hurt I would lay my life down how crazy like I would lay my life down for you to not have to hurt because it's so painful as we were saying Show, to watch our kids struggle, to watch them have to limp through some things. And I, I'm like, man, it's a good prayer to be like, God, as much as I'm hurting and I pray for my children, I know you love them even more.
0: That, but, I don't, I get, I know that in my brain, but my heart can't understand that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Right. Cause we got sticky fingers. Those are our kids. Like, yeah, we don't, we, we, that's where my, my, my brokenness and sin pattern is to say well you're not protecting me god you know god you could do something but you're not doing it you're not showing up the way i need you to show up right now exactly. expectations man expectations alone are a great way for a leader to 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 lose leadership it's when you have expectations that don't get met and then how do you deal with them not to say there will be unmet expectations but what do you do with that are you blaming people are you Throwing a fit or, you know, are you basically sinning and spewing or are you able to go, okay, missed it a little bit. We'll see what can we do. What's the possibility and probability of what's, what can come of this?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's just a big old ball of mess. Let's just be honest. It's a big ball of mess. And as a, as a parent, the worst, hardest thing for me, as I have, you know, in my walk and just being a mom is knowing that my kids they have their own walk with the Lord that is completely separate and has nothing to do with me. And I don't like that. (laughs) I want to control it and direct it and fix it or whatever. And so that again, you know, it just shows me how that's how God is with us. He's like, listen, I gave you free will.
1: Amen. Totally. Uh, A friend of mine told me we're talking about kids. This is a huge wake up call. I know this is going to serve some woman or father out there who's listening. But there comes a point, you raise your kid, you raise your kid and from like zero to, you know, nine, maybe 10, the whole point you're kind of going for is you want them to be compliant. Like just do what I say, just do it. And that is part of the goal. You're trying to teach them the ways. And, and, but then there becomes a point when you don't really, you get to choose, do you want compliant or honest? Right, Mm -hmm. like which one? Yes, kind of can't have both anymore because they're struggling with their own stuff. So they could present to you a version of compliance, but really being struggling. Where then we're like, we we want honest, which is why I kind of go that is the heart of God too. Be like, I'm not asking you to just do things with the wrong heart. Like, where's your heart? How are you feeling about saying? Why do you want to say yes or or why you're saying no? What's the honest truth going on? But honesty's tough because. I really it's messy. That's where it gets messy.
0: Well, I think people can't even be honest with themselves, let alone other people, let alone the Lord.
1: Like, Amen. Right. Or being honest without blaming. Honest oh. with shifting uh, responsibility.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it doesn't end. I mean, I always tell people this, like I get all excited, like, oh my gosh, something will happen. I'll be like, wow, I've grown. Like in the past, I would have reacted <laughs> like this. I'm so excited. The minute I say that, there's a knock on the door, UPS comes with a pallet of new crap I get to unpack. Every time.: <laughs> Totally.
1: Totally, but I still want you to I encourage you to keep journaling and marking down your successes, marking down your wins, because there are a lot of them. Your brain has to I always tell when things go right or when you get a compliment or you catch yourself doing something right, like sit with it and hug your brain. I'm not kidding. Hug your brain for at least 10 seconds with the thought. You know, if I was to hug you in real life, Michelle, and really hold on to you for 10 seconds and really like embrace you, you would feel it and know, but 10 seconds in releases oxytocin, Mm. which is that feel good. Oh, I'm safe. I'm loved. And I think if we don't have someone to do that in the flesh and blood with us and tell us, you know, how great we just did, we need to let the Holy Spirit kind of do that. Hug your brain for, look at what a great mom you did. You, you loved them. You listened. You didn't lecture them. You're, you didn't lose your time. Like hug your brain for 10 seconds so that it really does become, this is who I am. That's my true nature. This is who I am now. Yes, there's going to be a moment that I'll probably, my old nature might show up, but I'm not going to hug my brain with that.
0: Oh, so good, so good. I, I could go on forever. I've already taken up more time than I asked of you. Um, I want to I want to tell you, please. Elisa has two books. They're both available on Amazon. One is the Wellness Revelation. It will literally change your life when it comes to your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your body and food. Yeah. It will it will change you. And heir to the crown, which by the way, I bought two. Um, yeah. one for me and one to give to somebody. And I gave them both away immediately. So oh. I don't even have one because well, I you have to get you one. I know I need to get. Get another one.
1: Yeah. And that, um, and that one is all mindfulness and breathing and being still and slowing down, which is not easy for us.
0: What's your next one?
1: The next one we're pitching right now working on. Um, I don't know if I'm fully legally allowed to talk about it, oh. but it's going to, it's going to have, it's going to be around the topic of a lot of, um, metabolizing our pain, um, cool. and how the body holds it and what God came to do for it.
0: Oh, can't wait! I'm already super excited. Please go find her, um, rate and review her podcast, subscribe to her podcast, do anything you can, become become a part of the Revelation Wellness family. Um, yeah. Just just connect with her. You you'll be changed in amazing and wonderful ways. I thank yeah. you so much, Elisa, Love you, Michelle. For you today, thank you.
1: Thanks for inviting me. Love you.
0: Thank you for sticking with me for almost an hour on that podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did recording it. Uh, Make sure to go find Elisa Keaton and Revelation Wellness and just dive in, check it out. And I appreciate you so much listening. And, you know, as always, the biggest compliment that you could ever give me is to share the podcast on social media sites. Also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. All of those things are such a blessing to me. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait to hear your feedback until next time.